Oh my gosh, I'm telling you people, working with Span is like working with one of the greatest co-workers I've ever met in my life because he's here with us now, Span from the Art and Span Show, ladies and gentlemen. All right, counting it down. Three. We're to count down. We're already doing it. This is Span from the Art and Span Show podcast. I hate when you do that. You and this countdown business is ridiculous. Welcome. Do you feel better? You better not edit this out. I'm going to edit it you out. You better not edit it this out. It needs to be edited out. Be, I am sick be. and tired of doing these intros, and they're intro-less. I need to have a... There. Now I feel comfortable. This is the intro. This is us being the, who we are in the intro. It's the fifth time we've had to do the intro because you keep talking over me while I'm trying to bring the people the it's content. It's so hard to get you to sit down for even doing a podcast. Mr. I'm always Do you understand? Busy. Do you understand? Uh, for one, uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Yes, thank you. You can find the podcast on all streaming platforms now, finally. It only took, what, three months of doing this for them to finally get us on everything? This episode and all episodes until further notice are brought to you by Charlotte Shoe Repair. Charlotte Shoe Repair! You can check that out, on, out online at charlotteshoerepair.com. I got to tell you, uh, you know. If you see Art asking about his boots, he'll be more than happy to show I'll you. I'll tell you about them right now. I'll give you a little, uh, give you a little message. I, I can honestly say thank you, Travis, for saving my marriage. Your marriage? Thank you, Travis, from Charlotte Shoe Repair. How did he save For saving marriage? my marriage. Because uh, I, I was about to just go live in the mountains by myself like a little hobbit, right? Just a little tiny little guy. I put on these Charlotte Shoe Repair boots, the Thoroughgood boots that make me a couple inches taller. Now I'm as tall as my wife, and I feel like a man. So thank you. You saved my marriage. Appreciate you. Check out all things Charlotte Shoe Repair related at charlotteshoerepair.com. They do the dyes. They will re-dye it for you. They do everything. I mean, seriously. And support local businesses, too. That's something that is very near and dear to my heart. And if you are one of those people... That thinks, oh, I'm going to go to a big box store instead of going and putting my money back into the hands of the people that I'm neighbors with. Well, then you're a big dumb idiot. Don't be a big dumb idiot, okay? And make sure that you shop local. Get more details again, charlotteshoerepair.com. Yes. So, Span, we have, uh, we, it's been a little bit. So last week we didn't do a podcast because something happened in Span's life. And I'm not going to talk too long about this. I'm going to make it very brief because Art is already shaking his boots at the fact that I'm going to address this. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got removed from middays, moved to nights. It was decision above my pay grade. I'm not going to complain about it. This is the business we're in. This is the type of thing that can happen when certain things align. They aligned, and this is what happened. So I'm not going to start screaming at anybody. I'm not going to start blaming you people. You can yell at me. Scream I'm just saying me. this is what happened. And I'm moving forward, but I was definitely not in the mood to be doing a podcast last week as a result of this. So anyway, yeah, now we're doing a podcast, but I don't think Art was available anyway because you know he had to run around the office talking to everybody all day. You know what? I uh, being I I can this hear your voice audibly from every this corner. This isn't of this the only thing that I do, day. Span. This isn't the only thing that I do. I do a lot of stuff around here. Okay. Yes, you run around talking to everybody because I can hear. I it have everywhere. to form bonds and relationships with people. <laughs> now my wife is going to think that I literally don't do anything at work except talk to people all day, which I'm literally multitasking. I'm working on station yes, stuff he's working while on doing station the podcast. Stuff while we're doing the podcast, yeah, I have he to. Is. He absolutely does, and he has to because how else is he going to get time to run around the building talking to everybody? No, I thought you were going to say how else is he going to get all of his work done. 
Which would have been a lot nicer than what you just said. That would be correct, but why would I be nice? It's more fun to be mean. Oh, believe me, I know. I know. So we've had a little bit of time apart, and it's really done us really well. I mean, seriously, we have grown so much as people. We We did take a break on a bang having, like, the scoop of the summer. Nice job, Art. Yep. I'm Let me just... just give Art a big hand clap in the podcast because Art, in his interview with Jim Root, just as a last question, asked about Tortilla Man. Well, the information that Art that uh, Jim Root provided Art in that interview has since gone around the world twice through every major rock publication ever. You're welcome, boss man. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to say that this whole entire time. You're welcome. So yeah, like it's it's very good. Uh, my part in that was setting up the interview. I was not present for the interview, as is pretty much for most of these interviews. It's yeah. just how it worked. Yeah, because but my we're work a team. schedule, but my work schedule prevents me from being available for a lot of the interviews. Oh my god! Just how it is. But yeah. okay, that's your excuse. Well, yeah. You live like 18 minutes away from DTE and like 10 minutes away from the shop. So yes, it makes yeah, it a little bit so easier. Which, by the way. I got to say, uh, we haven't talked since I put up the Zach Wilde uh, interview, too. That was awesome. That dude, is he called me Father Art and made me feel really special and important. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome interview with him. And uh, we're, we're cooking. We got a lot of... Uh, a lot of buns in the iron, as they... No, buns in the oven. Okay. But, but a lot, lot of irons in the fire. Lot, a lot of fires in, 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 in the area. Did you learn to speak English last week? <laughs> we got a lot of uh, fires in the areas, and we're trying to contain them. There we go. Nailed it. So, yeah. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, and I'm just, ex- <laughs> I'm just excited to have this opportunity, so thank you. And just thank you. Thank you, Span. Yeah, the Zach Wilde interview came about in like literally like twenty four hours. Yo, that hours was nerve wracking. I was literally driving. Um, I got the call, got right in my car, um, and then did a lot of standing around waiting. Yeah, we did. We got the conference. Okay, the interview was supposed to be at five o'clock. We found out at like two fifty five. Yeah. So Art is literally sprinting to his car to make the hour long drive back. Nobody ever said thank you for that. No big deal though. Just you never thanked me for the interview. I did too. I know. I just wanted to say that to see you. How dare anyway, you? Anyway, yeah, you uh, you drove down really fast. You got down there and waited for Zach Wilde to give the interview. And frankly, I was shocked it came together. I um, was too. I really didn't think it was going to happen. And I was like, well, you know, there's one that we'll try again for, you know, next time that he comes to town. But it was awesome. He was nice. Don Jameson was there, which I didn't even know. Don wow. Jameson's from that metal show, uh, along with Eddie Trunk and Jim Florentine. They made possibly the greatest metal show because it's the only metal show ever. Huh. Um, and uh, I wanted to do an interview with him, but it's very in the entertainment room, if you will. It's very like frowned upon to spring interviews on people like while they're right there. Like you never do that. You don't You know what you say? You know did you talk to him and ask him for an interview? I talked to him about my triplets for a second. And you didn't Zach ask Wild him about an interview. No, it's the wrong place. It's No, it's not. Yes it is. No, yes, it's it is. not. To bombard somebody, I respect people's time. No, here's something the, that you and I differentiate. No, see, here's here's where you don't know how to execute uh, because you're so like go. Here we go. Go ahead. It's like, hey, man, you know, I know this is kind of weird, but like, I would love to speak with you. Is there any chance in the future we could speak 
on like you and give big plugs and everything. You know what else. he would do? He would say, "Yeah, here's my manager's number. Get a hold of him." Yes, I don't need to do that. I could do that some other time, but just contacting the manager by googling it. I'm not going to bother him. He's sitting there with his computer. He's doing his thing. Out Regardless, of sight, out of mind, out oh of sight, out of mind. Oh my god! You know what? You're like my mother. You're never happy. For you're me. like the most. You're you are like, like my mother that uh, that is non-existent in my life. I was and about to say, your... how could she not? How could she be not? How could she not be happy for you when she wasn't present? Go ahead and say it. Like she. Just said to be it. present to be you just not said it didn't you? you you had to say it didn't you you set it up it's you know like, how our boss to... told me that one thing that i need to work on is not yelling during these podcasts but it is extremely difficult not to yell when it comes to having any 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 oh that's another thing that you do you repeat yourself over and over and over again and so it's exhausting but it's literally impossible to have any conversation i only with do you. that when you set yourself oh up my God, and you can't it really... triggers me so i bad. know because you don't understand sometimes how the things you say can be perceived so it's like i have to beat you me? upside the head with the things me? you say oh i know everything i say and the gravity that it has like i'm perfectly comfortable oh with that but you just you just be spouting off at the mouth not really know what you're saying so sometimes i'll be like i know what i'm saying here's the full context of what you're saying and what it means and they're like but 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 i'm like here's the full context of what you're saying and what it means and you're like but in the sense of here's what you're saying here's the full context of what it means and then you're like uh, uh, uh. and then eventually you go quiet and i'm like i win so anyway we've got a lot of great just uh, like then we've got a lot of great stuff coming up for uh september yeah, working on a whole bunch of interviews. Yeah, because, you know, heaven forbid the guy that you do the show with wants to do some interviews. You know, heaven forbid. I don't have a problem with Heaven you forbid, doing you know. All the, e- all, I, like, all the emails I have to, like, pay attention to and monitor and chase down just to make sure that you get this information. Like, and I don't complain about it at all. Can I, can I say something real quick that's completely unrelated? Because now that we've spent the past 15 oh, that's minutes so unusual bickering at do. each other. Okay, let's move on. Let's move forward. Okay, go okay. forward. Can I just say it is extremely hard to live in this life when you have literally two friends. And I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this is a guilt trip thing. Here's what I'm saying it as, okay? I had the opportunity of a lifetime last week. Um, and to me, it was the opportunity of a lifetime because I, I'm passionate about the band. They're one of my favorite bands. The band's called Knock Loose, and they were doing small, intimate shows of 200 to 250 cap per room. Uh, they and it was like a pre-album release party. Okay, and I I would watch what I was gonna say right now, but I know that my friends don't listen to this, so I really don't care <laughs> because I will gladly, whether he's listening or not, throw him under the bus. Um, so I set this whole thing up of doing an interview. Uh, you know, I got the email contact actually from Terry. I set it up, got everything. It was one of the only ones that I did by myself. Uh, heaven forbid I do something by myself. Okay, so I get it all together. Everything's great. I get the time, and uh, I tell my buddy, because I know that this is one of his favorite bands, hey, let's go to the show together. I'll get you in. We'll do the interview together. You could meet you know, the lead singer of the band. And All right, man, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. It wasn't the fact that he had to work, okay? because I understand. People have to work. Stuff gets in the way all the time. He has a very busy schedule. It was the way that it was handled. Okay, I got a hold of the guy a couple hours before I even went to the show, and I said, "Hey, man, I uh, actually I'll read off the text, so then that way I'm not um, I'm not you know misquoting by any means. Let me let me search it for a second. Uh, so this show was in Saginaw, and uh, and uh, I, Wednesday, um, I tried calling him, and I got a text back that says, "Currently on the phone with car rental company. Car do- got declined." 
I was like, okay. I said, yuck. I said, see you at 445. And he goes, as long as this effing rental comes through. So the same day at 140, I was checking with him as I was heading to the venue. And I said, are you good? And that was at 140. Okay. And then at 407, I said, are you coming to the show? No response. No response until 8 o'clock. I'm sorry I got stranded in PA. No ride out until Thursday. Okay. Now, to me, I understand people are busy. I understand people have stuff going on. I'm sorry that I'm a needy friend. But I went to that show by myself. I did the interview by myself. I watched the show by myself for a little bit. I watched the commotion that was happening all around. And it just made me realize I'm a very lonely person. Like, I relied on one friend. If he couldn't have gone, I could have I could have hit up my other friend. You, I don't expect you to want to go from Lansing all the way to Saginaw. So I didn't even bother reaching out. And plus, you have expressed to me multiple times you hate that type of music. You hate the yeah 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 yeah. I get it, okay? But it's very lonely living this life. It's very lonely living the life that I live, which turns loneliness turns into depression. And I just think about it. Everybody is living their awesome life on Facebook and on social media, and everything's all great. And I fake it too. Oh, look at who I got to interview. Oh, look at who I got to talk to. Most people are faking it on I'm social media. I'm faking the hell out of it. I'm depressed as all get out. I have literally three friends. But it's because of the life that I live and the sense of I have a family that I have to go home to, that I have to provide for. I also have other kids with other people that have had past relationships that I have to provide for and schedule around. I don't have time to have friends. And that's why, like, when they say when you when you have a kid or when you have children, your friendships go away, which m- most of the time they do. I mean, when you think about it, our boss has a family that he has to provide for. His schedule is very tight, you know, so it just sucks. It's just it's it's crappy when and you know what? Somebody's probably listening to this and they're probably saying, hey, stop being a big dumb idiot uh, and just, you know, um, excuse me, uh, man up. You just got to man up. You know what? And I would say to you, for one, don't call me a big dumb idiot, okay? You don't have that right. And for two, I'm just saying, it sucks. Like, I was there at the show. I would have stayed so much longer had my friend gone with me. But then I also realized that, like, I I talk this big game about not needing human interaction. And then I can't even go. I was about to say nobody believes you. No one believes me. And I don't expect them to. But my thing is. But you still say it. There's a couple things that bothered me about it. For one, if you make plans with somebody. And you have to ditch out. I understand that. I've ditched out on you so many times, but I give you a notice. I would never have you go to the show and then you're like, where's Art at? I always give you a notice. Yeah, yeah. As much crap as you talk, which rightfully so, of the concerts that I ditched out on and that I do feel bad about, I have never once sent you to a show with me being like, oh, yeah, I'll be there shortly and then just no call, no show. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. You know, and had I not, if you'd ever done that, I'd have been like, well, so much for inviting Art in the future. But that's the thing, though. Had I not called my friend out publicly on Facebook, I don't think he would have texted me saying, hey, man, sorry, I couldn't make it. Like, it took me, after I put that post up, saying, Tyler, no called, no showed. Oh, what a surprise. Anyway, I've got an extra ticket. And then Alfonso liked it, and I was like, oh. Maybe Alfonso will come to the show with me. That'd be cool. <laughs> like, I think about okay, it. Okay, he's on tour I know. with A1O. <laughs> I almost commented and added him and just said, hey, ditch out on the King Tour. Come to this show. Because right. he had mentioned that he he likes the band or whatever. But it's like you get to an age of like 30, like 25 to 30, where you start realizing where your life is going in the sense of what is happening with your life for the rest of your life. 
And honestly, I'm depressed because of it, man. Like, I really am. And it just sucks because it's like, you know, you have so many responsibilities as an adult. Nobody else had as many children as I do. Uh, that's my, <laughs> listen, I take that. I, I, those are my children. And you know what? I, if we want to get really personal about it, which I have no problem doing, and I'm sorry if I get a little bit angry, F you if you've ever thought that I was a bad dad. And I'm talking to people that, that I have children with. Have people said that? I've gotten into arguments before um, to where I've been called part-time dad or whatever. And it's like by the child or by the mother of I'm the child. I'm not gonna say exactly. I won't call out by name, but if and there's. I a mean, very, you're using quotes, bro. Yeah, but the thing they know who they are, and the thing is, is it's right. like that. That to me, it it used to make me really upset. Now I just say, you know what, f off. Like I know that I'm a good dad because right. I don't have friends because of how good of a dad I am. Like my friend that I talk to every day. And, and I don't want it to come off like I don't do anything ever. I don't ever want it to come off like that. A lot of times during the month, I go and do interviews. I stay for an hour of the show and I leave. That's my free time. That's my fun time. It brings content to here. It's an awesome way and an awesome experience that I'm grateful for. And both Terry and yourself for giving me the opportunity to do so. But it, it like other than doing the interviews and doing the content and coming to work, I stay at home. But like I think about it, and it's like with that experience of going to that show, it's like, man, I would have loved to have shared that experience with, like, my wife. But my wife doesn't like that music, so I didn't even bother to ask. Okay, yeah. um, and we spend enough time together that I feel like I'm a nuisance to her most of the time. Um, and this is just honesty hour. It's like someone put a Wait. truth serum in me. Oh, because <laughs> you you have you have a habit of lying about. It your just shit. makes me mad because it's like I have all these great experiences, and I understand life gets in the way. You got to work. Uh, last minute, like a lot of this stuff in our industry is last minute. Yes, just just to give you context, this Zach Wild interview was like literally in the last like like three hours up to the time where it was available. Pretty much every interview we've ever put together, no matter how early we contact the record label, we don't know until probably the day before or right. most times the day of how the arrangements are going to lay out, Which makes whether it very... we have tickets, what passes we need, and sometimes it don't even work out like it's supposed to when we do find out. Well, and that's why it's like it's so difficult for me to put. Like I already have the stuff that I emailed you about, I've put in my wife and I's calendar. As just like a question mark, you know, <laughs> so like the interviews that we have coming up in September, if they happen, hey, I just want to, you know, like get the ball rolling on on getting that information out there. But it's like, man, you know, when you have so many cool experiences and like I can't share them with my wife because we have like one person that can babysit. OK, so it's like because, you know, how hard it is to get somebody to babysit three kids, like three toddlers. And then on top of that, my sons. And then on top of that, my stepdaughter. And I'm not, again, I'm not crying about I'm crying over the sense that, like, I, I try and do as much as I can for my friends. And when it comes back to where I don't even get a call, like, I don't want to do anything for you again. Like, and, and that, I, that's frankly, and right I don't response. mean to be rude about it, but it's like, to me, the, and I will never change about this because the, the number one pet peeve that I have is when people are late. I know you and I have had this discussion before. I've, I've come to learn that you are about 15 to 30 minutes late on everything that you do. That's and incorrect. That, 10 to 15 would be more accurate. Okay, 10 to 15. To me, time is the most valuable thing 
anyone and everyone has, and I'm not I'm not directing this at you. I w- I wouldn't care if you did, but and I understand <laughs> that. But to me, time is the most valuable thing that all of us have. And when you disrespect someone in the sense that you don't value their time enough to show up early. That to me is unacceptable. It's just always, it's how I believe no one will ever change it. Just like, just like, but now I've come to know that with (laughs) you, I say, Hey, can you be there at 1030? Even though I really need you there at 1045. That's fine. That gives you a 10 to 15 minute window. You know, so I, with you, it's fine. When you don't call, you don't show and you're just like, Oh yeah, sorry, dude. Like that pissed me off. Like I was mad about that. Have this has this person done that before? Bunch of times. So why do you keep? Because I'm stupid. The... Okay, that's why. Well, hey. Because I really do consider him one of my best friends. Because I don't have friends, and but it's he, not. Here's, I don't. Okay, I'm not we're saying in, we're in therapy with art officially. So here's <laughs> here's here's where I'm gonna be like. When you have a friend that has a deficiency in a certain realm, mm-hmm. you don't give them that opportunity to fail you again. Yeah. If you value the friendship that much, then for your own mental health. You can't give them an opportunity to fail you in that realm again. For instance, yeah. like uh, it would drive my dad crazy that my mom would always be late to events. Yeah. And I never understood why he would flip out every time when all he had to do was either like just leave and let, because they had two cars. Right. He could just leave and she'll show up when she wants. Yeah. Or he could just wait until she's ready. But, like, every time Dude. he would flip out. And the thing Ugh. is, what he's doing with the flipping out is trying to correct her behavior. Yeah. Okay? So, believe what me, I've she, learned that doesn't work. And what she does <laughs> is tune him out. Yep. So, what you have is a series of negative behaviors in a relationship between two people who've been married for 20, 30, 30. I think they've, when my mom died, it was like 41 years or something. Yeah. But, like, that's all that does. So your goal is to not give you, if your friend is responsive, faithful, kind, and generous with you mm-hmm. in all other means, yeah. the one in which they fail you, don't give them that opportunity. But that's where I just, I like, and I won't give them the opportunity in the sense to where like, I'm never inviting this person. I'm not canceling our friendship by any means, but I don't no, want to talk to him for do, a while because you, I'm upset. No, no, I know you're upset, but what you got to do is invite them to something where you know you have somebody else who's already a lock to be there. Yeah, but then they show up and you're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. You what have you two mean? people you care about being there oh, with you okay. at the event. Yeah. If they don't, you have at least one. Yeah. And this way, you don't feel so emotionally betrayed because what he doesn't know yeah. is how much it means it, to you. Yeah, because I was and looking here's forward deal. to, yeah. It's not his job to know. Yeah, that's true. It's like he still has a life to lead yeah. and responsibilities and to maintain. And I don't. My life to lead is having that fun for those couple hours yes. and then going back home. The problem is you are giving him an opportunity to fail you. Yeah. And when he fails you, you act out. Yeah. It's like, why are you putting this person you care about in a situation where they can hurt you? If you know. Yeah, but then you're always but you disagree. You disagree philosophically mm-hmm. on this aspect of your relationship. Yeah. So just allow the disagreement to settle. For instance, I know I can't talk politics with this one friend of mine mm-hmm. because this friend is dumb. Hey, okay. okay? Well, that was me. So because this person is dumb, <laughs> I can't talk politics with them in this realm. Yeah. So I don't give them that opportunity to fail me. Yeah. Because this is end- fundamentally our disagreement. Yeah. And giving him that space to be 
dumb yeah. is unfair to him because these are closely held feelings that he has. Yeah. We have fundamentally agreed to disagree. Why would I keep browbeating him with my opinion when his opinion is not, I just, not I my think, opinion is not his? I think it's just like the one of the stupidest things you can do is waste other people's time. And yeah, that's but what, I mean, it's not a understand you're, what you're saying. The stupidest thing is to waste people's time. Everyone's first priority is their own time. Well, yeah. Your time comes secondary. Yeah. So they show up when they're going to show up because their first priority is what the hell they want to do. I get, uh, so what you're saying is you're upsetting me because you're disrespecting my time. Mm -hmm. Now, see, what you need to say is that because this is so extreme, because your opinion is extreme in this realm, mm -hmm. you have to say, look, if you're not going to come, you need to give me a heads up long before. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to hold it against you. Yeah. If you wait to like 10 minutes before or after the event's over, I will hold and you it know against what? And you. And he did give me a heads up that he was working on a run, uh, you know, and defending him. I will say that. But it's just, it's upsetting in the sense that like I was contemplating not going to that show because, and it was an hour there and an hour back um, from my home. So that's after, okay, so I drive an hour to work. Then mm -hmm. I drove an hour home. That's two hours. Then I drove up to Saginaw. Then I drove back. It was four hours of drive time altogether, okay? So I was thinking, like, man, I'm not going to go. But I'm like, no, I'll go because I had it in my head that maybe he was. It, it just to me, it's just it's it's a crappy way to, to handle things. And I understand everybody's got a busy life. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, um, you know, you, you just have to learn to give other people that buffer that is your personal information yeah, so that they can proceed accordingly. Yeah. Like you can't expect your friends to read your mind. You, even if you tell them, this is what your expectation is. You need to be more than explicit. Yeah. Because if this could hurt you when they fail you, they need to know this could hurt you but that's if it why, fails you. But that's why it's just easier as much as I'm like crying about, oh, I don't have friends. Like a part of me just wants to continue to do stuff by myself because then the only person I'm letting down is myself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easier if I just. How are you letting down yourself by going to a show by yourself? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I can rely on myself to show up on time. I'm I'm not trying to be like, I'm not late, but I'm not late. I don't believe in being late. I give myself extra time no matter where I'm going. If it's winter, I'm giving myself an extra window. Because to me, dude, it's a it's a it's so disrespectful to take people's time and and literally crumple it up and say, it's not important to me. I'll show up when I want to show up. To me, that's disrespectful. It just is. I mean, that, that okay. Something that, and I'm not, again, I'm not pinpointing it, and I know you wouldn't care even if I was. No, I really But don't. I'm just saying this, that when it comes down to it, it you, I was, I was raised that you respect people's time, you respect people's energy, and you respect people's space. The space thing, I definitely need to work on because when I get in fights <laughs> with people, when I get in fights with people. When you get in fights, if you like them. Yeah. You be all up in people's yeah. personal space. And I want, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, respecting people's time. I do as much as I can to respect people's time. I really do. If I say I'm going to be somewhere, it's at that time. I have had opportunities to hire people and bring people on board in certain situations, whether it's, hey, this person needs a DJ or, hey, this person needs an event coordinator. And the first thing I think of in my mind, are they on time? And if they're not, I'll never recommend them ever. And radio, if you're not on time, you get fired. That's how it works. If you've got an air shift at nine and you're there at 905, you're fired.
That's how it works. You're, you're talking about two different aspects. There's a difference between professionalism and time. Like when it comes to professionalism, if you know that someone is unreliable to do their due diligence to be somewhere when they said they were going to be somewhere, that's just unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Whether it be personal or whether it be in a job situation or career or whatever. When you talk about like keeping time in general, well, that's a different thing altogether. And this is where you are hypersensitive, hypersensitive mm-hmm. to other people's uh, to other people's treatment of your quote unquote time. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like, this is a losing battle for you, bro. Oh yeah. Because I know that I'm not going to change anybody. They say that, what do they say? You get to a certain age and I, I, I've been reading a lot of articles lately and I've been listening to a lot of uh, not therapy podcasts, but therapy podcasts, like uh, and learning. What did you just say? Not therapy podcasts. Yeah, but, but like, they're, well, they're not technically therapy podcasts, but it's like technically this is a therapy podcast. I know, but, but go ahead. I'll listen. I'll listen to stuff like I'll uh, I'll get on YouTube and I'll listen like how to better your life or how to. But I understand also that people reach a certain age where they're unwilling to learn more. You know what I'm saying? They're unwilling to improve more because they've spent the past. X amount of years being this person. I'm not going to come in and change that person. So I get to a mentality to where I either give up or I, I can't, uh, I have a, uh, I get very passionate when I talk. So it's hard for me not to swear sometimes. So I apologize. Yeah, but, but you're still impelling upon other right, people. Right. Which is my first mistake. superficial noti- right. motives on what, which is my time first mistake be. to where I'm learning that certain battles. I, uh, I'm learning that with certain battles, and, and I know I exhausted X amount of time talking about something that's not going to change, okay? But it helps me cope and get better with it. I'm not going to take this argument to my friend and say, hey, that was really mean what you did to me. You hurt my feelings. No, this podcast is a way for other people to relate to what I'm going through. I know that I'm not going to change the person. So you talk about respecting other people's time. How is it respectful of his time? How is it respectful to anybody else's time listening to this that literally this is solving nothing? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who identify with you. I just, and like, the thing and is, identify is, this is with my me co- as I listen to you who have friends who's like, oh my God, this is therapy time for me. And in every co- another conversation is therapy time. And that's what's so funny. It's like, it's weird where you're like disrespecting, disrespectful of time versus like, well, this is what I need. So this is how it's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're perfectly comfortable with taking other people's time when it's something that you want. For instance, like calling someone when they didn't expect a phone call. Yeah, but you don't have for to ins- answer the for- phone. Yes, yes. But then y- you send a series of texts <laughs> in all caps. Like, why haven't you picked up the phone? <laughs> Yeah. So I'll call Span every once in a while, and if he doesn't answer, I proceed to text him and be like, oh, so it's over now? Oh, so we're only work friends? Oh, instead of respecting your time. Well, that's just it. I don't think you're disrespecting my time. I don't take it that way because I'm like, art's going to be art. Like, I can't change who art is. I'm not going to. And frankly, I like who art is. Well, at least so you do. So when art is doing all that goofy stuff, it's giggles for me. Yeah. And then I know when I come in on Monday and you give me that, Hello, work friend. (laughs) 
It's like, hey, what's up, man? What's going on? And you're like, nothing. Just making sure we're still cool. I know we're not friends outside of here. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure that we're still work friends. Are we still work friends? I'm like, yes, Art. We're still work friends. And we're friends out of here. You're like, you don't seem like it. You don't seem like You know the stick, bro. You got it down. And it's like, it's funny. It's fun. Like, I don't take it personal. Yeah. And it's not to be taken personal. Because I know in the world of art, like, there's certain things to which he's really sensitive about and other things that he's not. And this thing with time, you're very sensitive about it, but it's a battle I can't fight. Like, I'm not going to. But, like, you you will just commission yourself to a series of potentially negative interactions with people you care about yeah because you're trying to impel these notions of time oh yeah on other people yep. and it's like at some point you'll be like i don't know why i care so much and then you and, won't. but that's but listen i talked to my buddy yesterday and it was about a different subject and he was just like you just sound like you've kind of like given up and i was like well i haven't given up i just don't care as much anymore like i just don't care because it's like I've tried. I've done everything well, that I could do. Because there's so many things you have to care about. Like you are raising three people, three human beings. Well, in your home. You're raising like 20 otherwise. But like three human <laughs> beings in your home that are going to have to deal with a new environment when it comes to technology. Going to deal with oh, the ability God, to talk to computers. Like I have a nephew who's like five, four or five years old now. I can't remember which. Yeah. But like. He has never known a world now where he couldn't talk to a computer. So crazy. Yes. Like we, I mean, I, I know when I was in a bowling league and a kid, yeah. I dealt with rotary phones. Yeah. There's rotary phones so I could call home. So and I you wrote your score week. down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, with those funky little pencils. Yep. With the on little half pencils. Yep. Paper. Oh my goodness. But yeah, like, so the world that they know is going to be it's going to be moving so fast. Yeah. And I think it's going to be more accepting in general of women. So your daughter is going to have a world where like she was born with the right to vote. She was born with the right to say no in the workplace and be respected so for it. It's crazy. It is crazy. Time that that so was, yeah. But like you knowing your life experiences yeah. have to prepare them not just for the world you knew yeah. that could in some ways come back around, but yeah. for the world that is to be. Like this is your responsibility. And every day is a series of hoops <sighs> you got to jump. Can we just like watch TV? Just, like, <laughs> like play with toys or something i don't want to talk about this serious yeah stuff. so it's no like, but i get it though. so you got all that going on so it's like i'm not i can't even understand like i don't want to have kids because i'm so selfish and you know what but i respect you for that because you're honest about it and you're upfront. and i didn't hold a child until dylan was like three months away from being born like i was 18 years old i had never held a kid in my whole entire life or actually i'm sorry i was closer to 2021 um never held a kid in my entire life um and then had Dylan, and then, you know, obviously the rest is history. But it's like, it, to me, man, like, I think I think my problem is is that I don't have a – this is going to sound stupid. I don't have a That's whole lot – so you've never done that before. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot going on in my life. I have a whole lot going on in the sense of work at home. But, like, having fr- – but I don't have the time. To like every weeknight on a certain day, go bowling with my friends or go to a friend's house. Like I don't, I don't have the time. I just don't like, and some people are natural homebodies. I'm a homebody for about a day. If it's the weekend, I'm good with staying inside Saturday, but on Sunday, 
If it's Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, I have to get out and do something, even if it's dropping my kid off, going out for 20 minutes. So like the whole like, oh, I could live without human interaction. I don't need people. I know in the grand scheme of things that would last about a day and then I would probably lose my mind. You would you would more than likely lose your mind. But the thing is, is it's like I almost like it's situations like this to where like. I'm so I'm more hurt. Then I am angry about it because it's like I fooled myself over and over again to rely on someone whose time is very loose. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And again, I am not going to change that. I'm not. There's certain things you can't change about people, no matter how hard you try. And it's like living in Europe would drive you nuts. Living in Europe? Living in Europe or South America. Why is that? Because they don't respect time. Oh, God, like, dude. Like, they go to their... They treat, they treat work, like, seriously. But, like, I remember when I was taking Spanish class in junior high. So we're going back... 14 <laughs> decades ago. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, like, 90, 91, 92. Did they have and, pencils uh, back then? I'm going to stab you. <laughs> I'm not going to stab him. Yeah. Uh, so corporate like hears this. He is not going yeah, to stab so me. Will be no he violence. has a chainsaw to my neck right now. No, I'm just joking. Anyway. Yeah, a chainsaw would be kind of audible. <laughs> but anyway, like, so in junior high, I remember talking to someone, my, my Spanish teacher who told me when she went to Spain, uh, she was shocked at how often her friends that she that she developed out there mm-hmm. would not show up on time for meetings. <sighs> like she'd be like, "Hey, we're gonna get coffee at nine o'clock in the morning," and her friend would be like, oh, "Okay, it sounds good." So she'd be there like eight fifty eight, yeah, and then nine o'clock. Okay, nobody. Uh, nine fifteen. Really? And this is pre cell phone. Where like you have to you go have to access wait. a phone. Yeah. Now in, they probably had phone booths and like public phones accessible everywhere for change and stuff. But she was just like, "What the heck?" So anyway, nine forty-five, she goes and calls the person at their home, and the person the person picks up groggy, and she's like, "Dude, where oh. are you?" And he's like, "Oh, you meant Norte Americano time or Japanese time, because for them." When they say uh, tiempo norteamericano or japonés, they mean time in the in the perception of other cultures where being on time is a much more. In Japan, res- they're very much on time. Oh my god! Time. It is a like time the system. public trains. Yes. If they if they show up late two times in a row, yeah, they apologize in a press conference. Yeah. And I mean late by one minute. Yeah. Like and these are trains the push. I want to go live in I Japan. You Take those. me to Japan. Oh my god, Japan would be your wonderland, man. I, All the girls would be real short for you and everything too. <laughs> oh my god. I complain about being short so much. You'd be on the train and just be. Looking Looking over a bunch of black heads. Yo, for real, I'm that tall? Oh, my God. I, I'm going to look up what is the average height. And, uh, my my boy who's like, when he went there, he was like 5'10". Now he's like 6'1". Six, six, no, he's 6'2", maybe 6'3". Mm. Uh, but when he went out there, like, Yo. he would be on the train. And he was like, he would get on the train. Like, they like, shove him into the train. And he'd just be looking over a sea of black heads. It was just in it Japan. Was, like, surreal. The average male height is five foot seven. The average female height is five foot two. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's tall folks there. Like, there's a lot of tall Japanese over there, but it's like the average height is still the average height. So yeah, like when you get on a train, you're looking at a whole bunch of tiny folks. I will say, okay. and I've said this time and time again, when it comes to this podcast. As much as there has been times where, oh, I'm too busy, I can't, and and I apologize, okay? This podcast is a good form of therapy, and I hope 
that it's a good form of therapy for other people as well that are listening to this because it really has helped me understand and you helped talk me off the ledge more times than than you know but i will say that when it just it's just moving forward here's here's what i need help with with my life okay i need to know when i when i it's better to do stuff by myself, but I also wonder how people perceive me, and I know I shouldn't care. I shouldn't care how when they see the lonely kid with the backpack standing there, no, it just fair. triggers me in my middle school and high school days when I was, you know, like I had a couple friends, but I've never been someone that's had like, oh, I've got 50 friends right now. I have literally on my hand. I can count uh, my buddy Mark, my buddy Rob, uh, you, and that's it that I talk to on a okay. weekly basis. Okay. Okay. Just for the record the perception of yourself mm -hmm. is a healthy thing that you should have as an understanding of yourself in general okay so who you are on the inside being concerned about how that is projected that's natural and healthy mm -hmm. when you're more focused on the projection and who you are that's unhealthy and the goal is to get to the point where you know yourself so well mm -hmm. that you know how your projection is going out there how yeah, it's perceived is, a, is that's that's totally up to other people mm -hmm. you can't change how people perceive but you. i think i spend too much of my life trying to get to people to change their perspective not so much about me but about the values that i have as a person yeah and that's a waste of your time it is it is like and your, i'm learning your that whole life goal is to understand where your motivations are, yeah. why they're there, how they got there, and what you will keep and how you will discard everything else. And that's, that's the, the hardest entire part, motivation. Though. Oh, it's the hardest for everybody. Yeah. The first thing they tell you about radio is it takes years to learn how to be yourself on the microphone. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the hardest thing. But I'm not, I, I can say fully in full confidence, and I'm sorry if, you know, the bosses that maybe are listening, but I am not myself on, on, on certain formats. I'll leave it at that. I'm not. I'm not myself. But that's, e even if, even if, even if, and this is where the business comes in. Right. Even if it's not your most authentic Can self. Can you fake it? Is it, pro is a pro is it a projection yep. of a competent, believable self? Right. And that's the, that's the hardest part is when you spend so much of your time trying to be someone else on air and then you get off the air and you're like, I don't, that's not me. That, that person that when I crack on the mic, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember who said this to me. Somebody once said, like, you have to be, uh, like, bipolar. And, I mean, my family is – bipolar is not a laughing matter either. Like, I don't want to – my grandpa's bipolar. He's bipolar and schizophrenic to the point to where, like, he's been hospitalized because of it. So that runs in my bloodstream and in my family, obviously. So when someone says that, it's offending to me because it's like just because I get angry every once in a while or just because I'm not happy in a gesture 24-7 doesn't mean that I'm bipolar. A bipolar is a disorder of multiple personalities and having either a severe anger, severe sadness, severe expression that makes you bipolar yeah see that's that's kind of an that's an irrational way to approach it i think of it as kind of a form of acting and where you are being the best person of yourself or the best person of yourself that you can conjure up when that, that mic clicks on. yes when that mic clicks on yeah so it's like their perception of who you are as a real human being 
could be different from who you actually are. But then that's where it's no different from acting. Right. Because, like, I mean, is Tom Cruise really a fighter pilot? Well, I mean, um, after Maverick's yeah. done filming, I'm yeah, sure he, he probably is. will be the no, way he does he stuff. He did all of his own stunts, and he's one of the greatest actors of all time. It really is. It's kind of scary, the stuff he'd be doing. You know, do you think that he's one of the greatest of all time? As an actor, not so much. But as an industry professional, top five. Thank easy. you. Thank you. Finally, someone understands. I've had so many conversations with people. Uh, people do not respect. Uh, it, it, this is the problem. The society that we live in, they say, oh, well, Tom Cruise, he's a Scientologist, so he's crazy. Oh, you can't like Chris Brown. He beats women. Oh, you can't like Michael Jackson. He was maybe a pet. When you separate the art from the artist and just respect somebody for what they have brought to the table, whether it's an entertainment value or a talent value, you have to respect that. I don't care what Tom Cruise's religious beliefs are. I don't care. I Well, I'm not going to say I, I don't care. I was about to care. say, you do care. I, I, but like, I, there's a guy who I listen to personally named Bamani Jones who talks about what's that line of demarcation, that line where like you cannot cross, where it's like when an artist does such and such, you're like, nope can't do it right like for like he mentioned for example james brown mm -hmm. i love listening to some james oh brown. yeah yeah watching his videos on youtube and seeing the he's things a god amongst he men does, oh yeah my god and he beat his wives yeah and i don't mean he beat his wives like he right. i mean he hurt yeah some of them okay yeah. like he is not a good person from beginning to end right. in the entire way that you think a good person is. But he was also a massive personality mm -hmm. in the strengthening of black culture and the uh the 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 procession of um the civil rights movement Absolutely. through the sixties and seventies. So it's like th that's the thing about our heroes. They don't have to be perfect the whole time. Mm -hmm. We can talk about them in a form like this aspect of them is awful and this aspect of them is amazing. Yeah. And we don't have to blanketly say they're one or the other. We can do both. Right. So when I look at someone like Tom Cruise, he is a Scientologist. And the fact that he has not called out David Miscavige on the fact that David Miscavige's yeah. wife still has not been seen by the public yeah. in like seven, eight, nine it's years scary. now. This is some stuff like, dude, you should totally be involved in that. You know that. what's crazy? But am I not going to go see Edge of Tomorrow 2 when it comes out? <laughs> no, I'm going to be in there because that, that movie was awesome. And I can't wait to see what they do with the sequel. I think that, it, it, you know, when you think of the whole... And again, we're not a politics, we're not a religious uh, podcast, blah, blah, blah. But uh, some of the documentaries that are out there for those things, it's nuts. Um, it is absolutely insane. But at the same time, the guy is – and again, it's separating the the art from the artist. So yes. in the sense of – and not to compare myself by, to Tom Cruise because I can fly a plane way better. Um, I will say that it's hard being on constantly. You know, it's oh, hard. Absolutely. Like you did it today, and it's so funny because you could be having the worst day ever. And and you know, I I I busted your balls about it, but I understand too where you were coming from. There was someone who came up and was like, "Hey, man, I I, I your span span. I love you, man. I I think you're." And it was it was honestly a great thing to see. Um, because you deserve more of that as a person, you're, a <laughs> you know, but for real, you're a talented individual and, Thanks, and, man. and, and I, I do thoroughly enjoy working with you and it was great to see someone give you a con, but you had to turn on that personality. You know yes. what I'm saying? And that's, and it's like, our because real span would be like, 
you don't really have to be obsessed with this dude, man. Like, this dude is just a guy talking into a microphone and eating at a restaurant he really likes. But that's the thing, too, is it's like, it's hard. Like, there's with a thing this that outlet, happens when they listen to you through mass media where they afford you a certain a minute level of deification in their own minds where they prioritize your presence over their own. And you can't stop that. You can't mitigate it. And I'll tell you, honestly, I tried. When I first got into radio, I thought the idea of being honest about everything in my life and everything that goes on would make people look at fame and think and be like, oh, man, well, that's okay, cool. You know what it did? It put people off of me. They thought of me as a complainer, mm-hmm. that I was complaining about these things, the opportunity to go to shows and to meet artists. And I was like, I was just trying to be absolutely authentic with you, and you took it as me complaining. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why you literally have to understand that when you are in this business, people are going to afford you a sort of uh, affection that you weren't ready for. And that's fine. It's just you have to respect that and understand that when you See, go out in I, public, you're going to have to put on the happy face no matter what's going on in your life. I haven't, I haven't had the, and I don't, I know it sounds so cringy, like, uh, I don't know. Dude, uh, okay, I'm going to tell you I don't want to be cringy no, about no, no, it. But a, I know where you're going. I'm going to just say it right now. Grass is always greener. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you, because like before I was ever on the radio, I remember I used to hang out with, uh, when I used to work at a restaurant before I used to work at a college bar, like we used to have parties and I would go with a friend. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but if she's listening, she knows who she is. So I won't name her. But like we used to work at this restaurant in Ann Arbor. And when we would go to parties, like people would be like, mm-hmm. and she'd be right next to me. And they'd be like, Hey, Kate, Hey, Katie, like, mm-hmm. Hey, Katie, how you doing? And she'd be like, uh, okay, thanks for the, like, magnanimous, like, superfluous, like, entrance. Right. But, like, I've, I've, and this is not me trying to toot my own horn, but I've always had that response. Yeah. When I go to parties, people see me, hey, See, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that. And it sucks, I'll be honest with you. Because, because I've spent so much time faking who I am on a mm. on a platform that like with this platform here i could be myself yeah we and both if, can and if somebody was to walk not i'm not please i'm not like hey walk up to me and tell me how great i am no not i'm not saying too that late it's gonna happen now no. but i'm just saying <laughs> you set like, the table for it it's I, coming now i i am more honest and real on here than i've ever been on any other show other than when i was doing mornings with my coworker, because i've always been in the realm of if you're real with people people gravitate towards realness yes and my friend and i not to sound egotistical we had an awesome morning show together and due to me being homesick and wanting to be back in michigan i moved back home um where that show could have carried us, I'll never know. And I and it sucks, man, because, like, you know, he had to go in a different path because of a decision that I made. You know, it sucks. But I miss having that. Man, that's that guy from the radio. That's that guy. I don't have that anymore. And it sucks. And it makes you it makes you lonely. It makes you question, like, am I really, like, making it? It makes you depressed. Like, in the sense to where, like, I'm working in a place right now where I have one person that, like, I could talk to you about stuff. And, right. You know, but you guys live so far away that I can't be like, hey, come on over. 
come on over, let's have, you know, and I can't change my moving situation. Right. I mean, you know why. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's just, you know, and I and I didn't mean to make this whole podcast about me crying about my feelings by any means. Oh, this is so different from every other I know, podcast. right? But it's like, it's one of those things <laughs> they're like, man, get back to the interviews, please. Like, <laughs> but it's one of those things to where it's like, Man, it sucks. I'm, I'm like, gonna say, say this, dude. I'm gonna say this, and this is this is like, and this is this is me giving you a mandate going forward. Mm-hmm. Before it was just like me saying some stuff you could use. This is me telling you, you have to do this for your own personal self worth. Yeah, like people finding you valuable from what you do on the radio will never ever fulfill you. Right ever right like people saying hey you from the radio it that right there is no reward and i'm not saying that when someone says hey i like what you're doing that's not good to hear i enjoy that feedback but where my self-worth comes from is the idea that i'm doing this right here to the best of my capabilities right the fact that i can take pride that when we end this thing and we kicked a whole lot of butts (laughs) we kicked a whole lot of butts and had like a really good conversation i think a lot of people are going to get into Mm -hmm. that's where i'm like oh man i feel good yeah like if nobody liked it or if everybody liked it immaterial the fact that i'm proud of the output right that's where my self-worth comes from and i think for your own personal for your own personal mental health Mm -hmm. over time your focus has got to look at your personal work yeah. and value that more than anybody. But that's why to it. that's why I like doing the interviews because when it when it gets picked up by blabbermouth and all that, it, it, it is it's an awesome feeling because it's like, man, my interview was was that decent enough? There were some questions in there that other people in big publications thought, you know what, I want to grab that and make a whole article about it. That to me is awesome. I would I would I would honestly put that in the same category, dude. Like when it comes to them picking up those interviews, mm-hmm. like there's one interview so far that we've conducted, I think, that they haven't picked up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember yeah. what, which one it was. But like that's the only one. Right. And I'm not looking at that as that was any way less noteworthy. There yeah, were that's things true. in there that I think everybody could have used. Yeah. When you're talking about a publication, you're talking about they didn't pick up that because they didn't find it useful. Right. Does that mean it wasn't entertaining or useful or beneficial? Yeah. No. Yeah. So that's it's like true. I, it's the whole thing that Bomani Jones said. It's like, look, if I can't look at your criticisms with any type of merit. I can't take your compliments that way either. Like I can't, t- I can't throw the baby. I have to throw the baby out with the bathwater in this case. Like if you're, if I don't, if you're going to say things about my output that I know are incorrect, yeah. Then when you compliment me, I can't take those. T- I can't let them be part of my suit of armor either. I have to just plain fact of the matter believe in myself and what I do, and let that stand and let that nourish that thing inside me that needs some type of reward for the work of my hands. Yeah. When it comes from my hands, I am no longer responsible for it or how it's reacted to. Now, you know, I have inclinations of how people and people have gotten back to us with great feedback mm-hmm. on what we do, but like the fact that we work so hard to do this and it comes out so doggone spectacular, I'm good. Like I'm absolutely good. But I, I see, I see where you're coming from. I'm just saying, in the long run, mm-hmm. like I'm thinking, this is like a ten year project for you. Mm-hmm. Like just 
recalibrate your 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 worth from outside but your see, hands back to the tip of your fingers. I've I've done it before to where it's like if you rely on yourself, you'll never let anyone else down. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just stick to yourself. Yeah. Like just don't bother um reaching out to other people. Just stick to yourself. But with that comes a, a shade of loneliness because then it's like, you know, you drive home every day and you know, like I have a routine to where I call my buddy every day. And and that may be a little much for him. Um I automatically think that it is. I think he, that's much for everyone. No, but listen, ever. he has told me time and time again, dude, you're not bothering me. Shut up and stop saying that. You know, like we we talk to each other and we talk each other through our problems and everything. And I know that if I'm bothered, but I'm a very needy person in every mm-hmm. sense of every relationship. I am needy. I need to be told I'm pre- I need to be told I'm beautiful. I need to be told that my face looks good. I need to be told that I am the girl. And I don't mean yes. that in a derogatory I, no, way. I, I'm not saying this in a derogatory way either. There are things that we both need. Like, course of a relationship between a male and a female, a prototypical heterosexual relationship where you have a cis male and a cis female and the traditional understandings of what these things entail in the most stereotypical way possible. What you have in general is a male who needs sex and a female who needs affirmation. And between the both of them, they kind of come to a uh, an understanding of how they will fulfill the other person's needs versus the other person fulfilling their needs. Like, does this person prefer to empty the dishwasher or just run the dishwasher? Or not at all. Yeah. That's all a system of negotiations. A relationship with you. A relationship <laughs> right, right. In a relationship uh. with you, I have found most parallels with relationships where I have dated women in the past. And it's hilarious. Thank you. Well, the difference is, like, you don't hold it against me if I somehow, like, disappoint you or something. You know, because, like, I, you are all, it's all jokes and fun and cool. So it's like I got no beef. Like, the problem is the women I dated in the past who did that, they would use that as leverage to try and correct my behavior because they felt I was deficient in some form or fashion. And I'm like, I come from a philosophy, like, if I'm not doing something malicious to you, mm-hmm then you are not going to come at me Ooh. as doing something wrong. Ooh, you kind of like Yeah, like the room. serious th- like voice, I, bro. Oh, man, like when I, you know Mortal Kombat when it's like, finish it. Yeah. But the room gets dark. Yeah. When, when, when I've had girls come at me like that when I was dating them in the past, mm-hmm. like I would be like, I would literally just kind of stop, let the room go silent. Ooh. And then turn my chair. Uh-oh. And then Uh-oh. frame up my shoulders. Oh, here we go. And then I'm like, <laughs> I respect that this is how you feel, uh-huh. but I mean you no harm. If this is a problem going forward, mm-hmm. we can work together to fix it, or we can separate right now. And this isn't, and this, and, this, God damn. and this is not, this is not me leveraging the relationship against you. Yeah, it absolutely is not. What is it then? But it's them, and they they, they don't understand they're doing it, mm-hmm. but it's malice because they don't like what I did so instead of working together as a team yeah. to come to an accord where we can both be happy they're saying that you're lashing out and saying you failed me here yeah and because of that you need to stop failing me and it's like look lady I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't trying to hurt you okay 
if you are hurt, I can understand and be empathetic to that. Luck, lady! But, but what I can't be is empathetic to the idea that you are going to come browbeat me with my own behavior. I know. Like, I, I was dating a girl who got mad crazy upset when I didn't, when I didn't call her. When I got out of work and stuff, because I'd be playing video games and whatnot. And she, I mean, she wanted to talk every day. I got boys in Ann Arbor. These are my, some of my best friends. I literally talk to them probably twice a month. Like, see, I, I got a buddy in Holland, Michigan. Benson, I love you, dog. If you happen to be listening to, to it, I need to give him a call. I owe him a call from two weeks ago. Okay. But like, man, but we you still actually, have affection for each wow. other. Like, I I'm love actually this kind of man. happy that you, that you actually do pick up my phone calls then. Because you, I mean, wow. Yes, I talk to you more than I've talked to girls I've dated in the past. I talk to you more than girls I was regularly intimate with in the past. Okay, this got a little weird now. Yeah, well, I mean, welcome. You put me in a situation. (laughs) I'm telling the truth. But I think about it, like, like for instance, um, the show that I want to go to that's happening in November, um, they just added another act to it. They had a headliner, and then they had, like, not even a co-headliner. It was like somebody like, really? That's the lineup? The show I just talked about trying to get tickets to? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm talking about this show here. So they didn't have these people. Oh, it was okay. it was this and then those three at the bottom. And I was like, I mean, it's still an awesome lineup, but, you know, wow. So part of me wants to write it in a comment, but this is where I, I fight with myself constantly. And the sense where part of me wants to write a comment in all capital letters and put, does anyone want to be my friend and go to the show? But I feel like that's the neediest thing ever that makes you look like you have no friend. But I don't have friends. And that's the hardest part is it's like, for one, you have. A, I know what you like and I know what you dislike. I would never invite you to a haunted house to go inside the haunted house. Correct. Like, obviously, you, when it comes to selling something, you're the best at it. You're like Billy Mays from OxyClean. You sell that like no other. So I'm not saying. If I believe in it, yeah. Right. And you, and a lot of times when I don't, there's certain things that you believe. Like there's there's haunted houses around here that you believe in. Oh man, so I can much sell so those out. I ain't going in them. You're not going sell in them. With this example, with this show, I know you would have a horrible time. Like I know you would because it's people jumping off the stage. It's people bumping into each other. It's madness for two, three, four hours. My thing is, is I wouldn't invite you to this, but and I know, but. With me commenting being like, hey, does anybody want to go to the show? Like, I would love for my wife to go with me. I really would. I would love nothing more than that for us to spend time together, which we never do now because of things that have happened in our lives, you know, with uh, my stepson's acts and everything and just having triplets and different schedules. We never get time together. It is what it is. Hopefully one day we'll figure it out. But I would love to. How do you invite friends to something that you're interested in that they probably don't have an interest in without looking needy. Because to me, it looks needy. I always cringe at like the, hey, having a birthday party here if you want to come. Oh, you know, that is you become that person. Oh, so to me, it's easier to share this on my timeline. No one's going to like it because I'm like literally one of two people in my friends that care about it I, and just keep it moving. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't even post that. I I just ask the people who I know be cool to show up. But like I I don't know what it's like to be an extrovert. I just don't because I'm an introvert. But I'm not an extrovert. I'm an extrovert like twice a year. The, I, <laughs> the idea that you can't go to a show alone doesn't lead me to believe that you're an introvert. Like, I can okay. So one of the best experiences I've had was 420 seeing Action Bronson at St Andrews Hall. Okay, it was awesome. I went by myself, and I remember having a contact high on the way home. 
Um, yeah, I knew going down there that I had two tickets and I was the only one going. So that's the thing for this show. Why aren't you just like, I'll just go alone? Because I want people to experience how much fun these shows are. Like, I know to certain people, it's like someone bumps in. I have friends to where it's like you bump into them, you're getting punched in the face. And I understand that. It's dumb. So lame. It's so lame because it's like you're at a concert. What do you expect? Okay. But. Well, I mean, not every concert. Like, in a right. Evangelist concert, I'm not getting jumped. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is I. I'm so passionate about this band because I've seen them live and it's like, it's like, you know, the Grateful Dead people like deadheads are like, you say anything bad about the Grateful Dead and it's like, but I, I understand it and respect it. And you know what? If one of my friends invited me to a Grateful Dead show, I would go just because it's like, I've heard about, but it's like, I don't want to, I feel like I've reached a part in my life to where I should already have a big group of friends, but I don't. So it's like, do I just continue to go by myself and leave after half an hour because I'm lonely and depressed? Because but see, that when you, again, you're talking about being lonely and depressed because nobody went with you. If the experience is valid to you, right, then going I by yourself yeah. should just be the experience. Yeah, that's true. Like, you need someone else to go with you for it to be a valid experience. In fact, yeah. sometimes that's not even enough. Like, no. sometimes the show is just not enough for you to be there anyway. Yeah, that's so true. So it's like... That's why I'm like, you might want to reevaluate the whole introvert thing, bro. Yeah. Like you see, you sound very much like an extrovert, especially. I think I force myself to be an introvert because I don't have as many. I don't have enough friends to be an extrovert and go out and meet. I don't want to go out and make new friends. No, I don't. You, that's just it. You don't have to make new friends. You just go out and do the things you want once a week, like whether it's bird watching. Or whether it's Bird playing watching, video games online. Awesome. You know what or I like miss doing? Or maybe it's go-karting. Or maybe it's but RC I don't have car the time. racing. I don't have I, the time. I'm saying once a week. You can make time once a week. You make time for interviews, don't you? Yeah, that's Yes, true. it's work-related. But it's something so you, that I enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like you make time once a week for something that you really enjoy. And you just do it. And you'll find like-minded people who like what you do. I'm and trying you like to... what they do. And you just like I there was there was a period of time where I was going to a lot of shows in Ypsilanti area and there was like several people out there who I was cool with uh-huh. who I didn't have their phone number. I didn't hang out at their home. But whenever we at the show, we cut it up like crazy. We had yeah. a great time like that didn't mean that we were best friends. And sometimes that did manifest into something outside of that. But most times it was just like we get cool. naked together. I mean, if things happen. Getting things naked together. I was celibate at the time, so yeah, no, that wasn't happening. Regardless, I Ugh, I, I celebrate through so much awesomeness I could have. Put <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Ugh. I regret every day of my celibacy now. I regret I every day. <laughs> every damn day. What a dumb thing to do. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right. Well, I think we can end it there. I think we've capped it at, uh, at the at the exceptional level right there. Uh, thank you so much for listening to me gripe for I don't even know how long we talked. Um, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Span, for talking me through. This is our show. Me so constantly. It's, much, it's not a surprise. Well, you know, it's you're me, very needy. It's me and constantly. I understand that, and part of my friendship with you was understanding that you're very needy. I know. And indulging it. Let's uh, especially let's... since it allows me a lot of giggles later. Yes. And the chances to interrupt you when you're trying to talk. 
Thank you. Like I, now. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing it. Um, let's get some more. We're going to get some on more. On the podcast that we enjoy to make every day or when we can, depending on your availability, because you'd be weird about your availability sometimes. Let's try. It's and, a lot of. Fun. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's try and get some more. We need to get some more interviews on the on the books. <laughs> well, the interviews are that's gonna happen. We it need just, to. We need time. to. You know. Yeah. And then the the We're show. We're working on one this Saturday. It probably won't happen, but if it does, it doesn't. It's not gonna happen because I'm there. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's a podcast. Actually, yeah, I so. shouldn't even have brought it up. Yeah, like, it's, it's. But the yeah. thing that is coming in November that was just announced. That's gonna be fun. Okay. That's gonna that be, be fun. I will we'll never get an interview ever, but. Well, the one I'm looking for is in October. That's the one that I'll... We can talk about that one, can, right? No, not yet. I okay. don't want to talk about because I feel like if then, you talk about it, yeah. something happens and it doesn't happen, you feel just dumb. And people are like, so you were talking about this one interview. Yeah. Which one was that? And it was like, I don't know which one that we wanted to do that didn't happen. It was like on this one, but it was also this one. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that was that one or that might have been that one. It's just like... It's like I like doing teases, but in this, a deep kind of tease like that just feels like kind of like, yeah, pat me on the back for how much awesome stuff we could be doing. I would have never thought you would have said that. Admitted to maybe a little bit of, you know, anyway. A little bit of what? A little bit of like realizing that it might sound a little egotistical if we talk about how great we are all the time and the interviews that we're landing. That's yeah, all. I mean, I, I am not a stranger to how I am perceived. <laughs> I have no problem being perceived. I know who I am. Yeah, I, I decided a long time ago I'm very comfortable being like. See, I'm not comfortable with myself. So. I know. That's like, why. And we, that's what's so funny. Like, you have so much going for you. Oh. Yeah, you do. Tell me more. I don't get this enough. <laughs> I don't get this enough at home. I need more self-help. You know, no, but the thing is, is I spend so much time. I was talking to my stepdaughter about this yesterday. I spend so much time in self-deprecating humor. That is my whole stick. Without that, I am nothing. I know. That's what's so funny to me. It's like. My boss has brought it up to me like, man, you got to stop being so down on yourself. I was like, it's all that I got. No, it's not. It's my shtick. You just don't know how to do other ones. Right. That's what's so funny. It's like, like, what are the benefits to not having eyebrows? Well, you can't tell what I'm thinking. (laughs) Look at my face. Can you tell? Nope. I might as well be a spy. See, that's a thing that you, that's an advantage, man. That's a good point. And you that's have to look at it yeah. like that. Like yeah. you have to look, you have to look at your frailties and whatever victories you can take from them because our frailties are what make us human. Hey, man. Even if you're an evil piece of crap. <laughs> like, yeah, just in the asymmetric, in the asymmetric nature of the universe, <laughs> we need you. For whatever reason, we do. And then when we are finished with you, hopefully we can discard you immediately and never have to deal with someone like you again. But like in the asymmetric nature of the universe, we need the scoundrels as much as the heroes. And not because one begets the other, just because that's how everything goes. Yeah. For every creature that exists, there's another creature that wants to predate that wants to predate upon it. Like, except for humans. Unless we're, say, bleeding in like the ocean and a shark. That is true. But the whole point is like, we need everybody. So just... Take your frailties, own them, so that no one else can use them against you, and then you'll rule the world. We'll have the same conversation next week on the Art and Span Show podcast. <laughs> Most likely. With a lot more interrupting him, because I, I love interrupting him and watching his face turn red. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> you can listen to it. Hold up. Oh. You, you can listen to it on all podcast 
podcast natures. Are you and of sure? course, you can get it at Q06FM.com. I know this because I told you I got it on my Pocket Cast app. Did I show it to you? Come here, come here, come here. Let me show you. Let me show you. Come here, 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 come here